Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. so many different types of shampoo. I hate this so much. Ugh, I hate Target. Joe? Uh, Zan? Joe, you were... Joe, I... I... What are you... What are you doing in Target? And also, I... I entered this Target from a different state from you. How are you here? Yeah, I... How... What? I was just going to do some shopping real quick, especially, you know, I needed some cereal and whatnot and get some replenishments. I, I came in from a different state, too. How are you here? Did you come oh, down? Oh, you know what happened? Oh, what's that? Uh, we entered liminal target space. Uh, mm, that's it. Yeah. True. Do you ever get that feeling, you know, when you enter a target and you, like, have a flashback to a time that you were in another target? <laughs> I do. I have that often. I mean, I feel like target is just the expanse of the universe where you go in. You can't ever leave. Mm-hmm. This is the mega target where it connects um, across state lines. I guess so. Yeah, it huh. probably it probably does. Because like a, there's a target, there's a super target, but then there's those new mega targets. Oh, that, that's it. I heard about those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's weird that we got that before we got, you know, like that light rail system that we really <laughs> want to connect. All the states, but... <laughs> this was more practical. You know, we could get our shoppers needs and you can get a target discount card. You know, yeah. an, an Amazon and gift you know, card on the way it's out. It's Target. It's mm-hmm. a little classier than Walmart. Target a little classier than Walmart. I think that's the new tagline for this story. Mm-hmm. Listen, I could get popcorn and go look at things to buy and then not buy. I can great. get my groceries and an expansion pack of Magic the Gathering. What's not to like? It sounds good. Can't do that at Publix. I don't know if Publix sells Magic the Gathering cards. Well, now you Maybe know your new do. quest. That's your new quest now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, how's, how's your day going? Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's fine. Parking was a bitch, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm here now, I guess. So whatever that yeah. means, I'm trying to find a new yeah, movie to watch. Yeah, I almost didn't recognize you with the mask on. Yeah, yeah, no, this is my new, I got my sleek black one on. I'm, I'm kind of digging Ooh, this yeah. uh, bandana you got going on here. It really completes the Western look. Yeah, I think if you really ought to just embroider your black, you know, Everybody should just take their black mask, embroider it with the Gucci logo, and just, oh. let's just we're living a lie at this point. 
I mean, keep going with it. It's part of the aesthetic. It's fine. Yeah. Speaking of uh, nothing at all, uh, <laughs> I, I need to tell someone about something that happened to me today, and I, I don't know if bringing it up makes me sound more guilty. Okay, shoot. But here's what happened to me today. So I'm giving a presentation, you know, over Zoom, of screen share for a class. And when I get done, I notice that during my presentation, my professor sent me a message that says, Zan, we can see your tabs. And I was like, what? Oh, no. What are you talking about? Like, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking this. I'm like, what? I didn't like, what? You know, I'm, and so I go back to the page that I was, you know, using for Google Slides. Uh-huh. And I'm somebody that I have two browser windows, two to three browser windows open at any one time. And each one of those has about 10 tabs. Some of sure. which I have not looked at in <laughs> weeks or months. Fair enough. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided I was going to learn a song by the band Boston off the album Boston. Excellent, of course. Mm-hmm. And the name of this song is, you might know it as Long Time. It's been such a long time. Yeah. I think I should be going. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but also the instrumental intro to that song is called Foreplay. So oh. I just gave a presentation oh. to my class with a tab open, uh, with a tab up at the top that said Foreplay Long Time. Because, you know, it was from uh, like Ultimate Guitar. So like the... Oh my God. <laughs> the tablature title is in all caps. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Um, that is, I'm sorry, the funniest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, that's, you just got to embrace it, man. It's not the worst thing that could have happened during your presentation. Is it a power, is it like a power (laughs) move? Yes, I think so. Also, I was thinking, and then I'm thinking, do I clarify this? Mm -hmm. So I'm in like a cold sweat for the rest of class. And I think- what if I bring this up? It's going to be a whole thou doth protest too much type of thing. Yeah. So we've got 30 seconds left in class. I unmute myself and I say, I would like to put be on the record with something. <laughs> and I explained myself. My entire class laughed at me. And I don't know if they believed me. And I don't know if I just made it worse by drawing attention to it. Yeah, that is the <laughs> the paradox, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I mean, either way it's pretty funny. I think you're yeah. fine. I think everybody I, think I don't think I they knew like it was to think that I made their day. You probably did. I will say that because that Yeah, is... we're not going to remember anything else that happened in class today. No. No, 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 no. And then you have to play Boston later in the year so that way it kind of comes back. It's a whole running yeah, joke. Yeah, I need to find a way to, like, be demonstrating it. Like, they come on a Zoom call. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, just me, you know, <laughs> uh, playing Boston. Watch this little old me over here <laughs> with your guitar, you know, just vibing out. Um, seriously, great song. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Maybe I'll finish learning it one day and then I can close that tab. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just <laughs> always open, just like this target. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I don't go to Target that much you uh -huh. know, now that I'm not an undergrad, but I do occasionally <laughs> find myself back in them. Yeah. And I'm always fascinated by the things you can find, you know, like. For sure. Like, wow, people are buying this many DVDs still. I'm one of those people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand like with how weird you know and temperamental streaming can be as to what's available yeah. like i i kind of get it if people want like a physical copy of something for sure for sure i mean yeah but you gotta like really want it i i imagine like yeah you want your blu-ray oh yeah of some classic film or some movie that you really like like i could imagine you'd want to own the lighthouse yes you know, yeah, I agree. I'm trying to get it. Yeah, you so. want to own Midsummer. I do. The thing that always confuses me is like going through there, and there's like there's somebody that like wants to own uh, an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, that's not Uncut Gems. I mean, ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, there's there's someone that wants to own Jack and Jill on Blu-ray. Uh, uh, what is that even like? Ugh. Sorry to anybody in the store that likes Jack and Jill, but I'm not. I did meet someone once who very genuinely loved Adam Sandler movies. She was not from the United States okay. and just really believed he was the funniest, most original comedian she had ever seen. Oh. And I did not have it in me yeah. to like, be an asshole. You can't. You can't. That's <laughs> too like, innocent. What the hell? Jeez, that's no, you can't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I it it could be an interesting discovery, you know, because mm -hmm. it's like going into a library yeah. or something where you don't know what you'll stumble across because you weren't looking for something specific. Right. Like even when I was a kid, I had a lot of VHS tapes that nobody else had ever heard of. Because my mom would buy me VHS <laughs> tapes from Dollar Tree. What? Yeah. So I had like the knockoff versions of animated Disney films. Oh my God. Like, I didn't understand why my copy of Aladdin sucked. <laughs> like, why when I go to my friend's house, Aladdin is like fun and it's yeah. a musical and, you know, good and then when i put in my copy of aladdin genie oh. is flesh color he's not funny <laughs> oh no nobody sings and it's you know like the, the story's not quite right but it's also kind of vaguely based on arabian nights oh my god you got also, bargain there's no aladdin. monkey there's, there's no, no monkey parrot. what yeah yeah, I, I had, like, a lot of movies like that. I had, um, I had, like, a different version of Alice mm -hmm. in Wonderland. I had a uh, a different version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, the, yeah. The uh, Aladdin tape that I mentioned. I had, Jeez, like, man. this really, like, this really, like, old, like, like the, 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 the cartoons itself were old, like, of Casper the Friendly Ghost. 
Oh, wow. Like, from forever ago. Like, oh, my God. Where it's, like, old enough that, like, you watch Casper die. Oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> dude, old cartoons. Nobody gave They Yeah, fuck. dude, they did not pull punches. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah, he has, like, a pet duck, and the duck dies so that they get oh to be ghosts God. together. Oh, my God. And That's then I, all, I had this one called Famous Fred that was about a cat. Uh, that was also secretly a celebrity. I had this one called Freddy the Frog that was about a frog who was a medieval prince that got turned into a frog by a witch, but he was also the size of a human, and also he has magical powers, but also now he lives in England as a secret agent, and he has a talking car, uh, but then he helps uh, these people solve mysteries, and yeah, just, you know, real classic. Freddy the Frog. That was everybody's childhood, right? <laughs> Watching Freddy the Frog. Oh Freddy the God, Frog. Anybody? Dude. I see we have, you know, I know this isn't the museum, but we do seem to be gathering an audience. There are yeah. people that are seem to be <laughs> expecting us to talk about something, even yeah. though we're in a Target. Hi, everyone. But I think we just talk like you know a couple of know-it-all male art students enough that you know people like hey what 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 do they have to say yeah what are those guys what's up with those guys yeah. what are they talking about what is uh what's uh that that, that guy with the thick glasses and that uh that <laughs> short guy in the overalls what uh what do they have to say? i wonder what their story is uh-huh. yeah i mean we talk about pretty much everything and nothing at the same time and i feel like that's a staple to go off of mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean i was just gonna kind of peruse around the dvds and see what i can find um okay and go okay. and go with that because i don't know i like to play this game where i pick from five dollar dvd bins and Ooh. see what i'm gonna take home and then just watch it what you got what you got hmm i don't know i'm looking through here oh Oh. Huh. (laughs) I didn't think this was going to be on a on a physical copy. Have you seen? What is it? It's a it's a copy of four one one. What? Yeah. You have. Have you seen this? No. What the hell is that? Oh, it's a copy of the of the of the missing four one one. The hunted. Have you not seen this documentary? No, I'm trying to imagine what it is based on the title and. What the, the the missing four one one the hunted? Yeah, it's wild, dude. I I watched this on Amazon Prime because mm-hmm. I also played the same game where you scroll around and you just kind of watch a thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I watched it with my family one night. Well, I'm gonna put this in my cart because for sure I'm gonna have to buy this. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, put put it here. Do you mind if I put my uh my mixed bag of Hershey's chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put this in. We got we got time. We got to talk about this. This is important. Okay. Because this, this is what we're talking about in the limited target now. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is the epitome of my constant struggle on how I feel about cryptid documentaries. Uh-huh. I mean, cryptid documentaries are such a guilty pleasure. They aren't are. They? they are. Well, like, I never want to watch them because they never look good i end up getting tricked into them a lot of the times Mm -hmm. where i stumble upon something interesting and it ends up being like a bigfoot documentary or it was about some weird event but nothing ever kind of comes about and i feel like this was a similar experience i ended up i watched this with my family 
in all honesty, oh. because of being intrigued. Because mm-hmm. and I feel like in a lot of documentaries and movies, it's about what intrigues you, right? Because you're not going to watch a documentary that's boring, and you're not going to watch a documentary of a topic you're not interested in. And I didn't know what this was about. And I remember, you know, I, I was flipping through, you know, we're flipping through Prime, you know, because when Netflix runs out of options, you go to Amazon because that's how things work. And, you know, my my dad's like, oh, my God, it's this it's this movie It's supposed to be like a whole thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand what that means. And he's basically like, oh, no, this is about all the, the hunters that are going missing in national parks and all over the country. And I was like, what? Oh, was that a was that a. Was that a problem that I was I, unaware of? Yeah, I mean, did everybody here know that there's like apparently people that go missing on national parks and across the nation's forest all the time? Like this is like an Yikes. occurring event and it's in the thousands and apparently it's a massive conspiracy. Oh. Because I mean, I visited some national parks. I've been to the Grand Canyon and some of the other ones and like mm-hmm. it's very clear that people die. And they tell you to your face, yeah. hey, people die I, here. I like, don't think I have ever seen such explicit signage yeah. than I have ever seen out uh, in Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, I mean... Have you ever been? I have, and I really want to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. There are some very graven drawings of Ooh. what happens if you stray off the paths oh you know God. around the geysers oh jesus oh yeah because you know you'd melt uh well yeah no, but it's you <laughs> <laughs> um well you know there's a certain thing in montana because a lot of your credibility is mm-hmm. wrapped up in your ability to know know how to conduct yourself in the wilderness there is a lot at stake yeah you with you know that that is a social currency that's kind of interesting out there Mm -hmm. there is kind of a jocularity yeah just just in how how you handle yourself in the wilderness like every year there was always a different rumor story whatever of someone Mm. who did something stupid out in the wilderness like did you hear about that tourist that put a kid on top of their bison? Did you hear about Jesus? The 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 fam there was a family one year that um they thought bear spray worked the same way as bug spray, so they sprayed oh, their kids with bear spray. And for those of you in the audience that do not know, bear spray is essentially super mace. Jesus. Yeah. Wow, that's that's embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Montana because a solid portion of this film actually takes place there. I mean, Uh-oh. can I? I want to present some of the cases in this because this movie has not okay, left yeah, my mind. So what? I'm curious. What does this? So this documentary is going to mm. tell us about these missing hunters. I assume yeah. does it have an explanation? Well, kind <laughs> of, <laughs> and you just gotta wait and see this. Yeah, the way that this thing kind of goes. So there was originally this documentary before this one called The Missing 411, and it was about all the children that are like that go missing in national parks and other things, and also mm-hmm. people. It's the same kind of deal. It's the cases. It's going through different areas. You know, these yeah. events happen in clusters. Who did it? Why it happened? I don't know. I didn't mm-hmm. watch that one. I don't know if I want to. It doesn't have very good ratings, um, huh. so I tend to kind of give benefit of the doubt that it's not great, but maybe I will. 
uh, because, mm-hmm. like I said, this topic has not left my mind in three weeks, and it is eating me alive. <laughs> and I need to know, Zan. I need to know. <laughs> but no, this one, this one's starring um, David Politis, who I had no idea who this man was. I've never heard of him, but apparently he's a very famous author. Well, he's a very famous cryptid author who is an ex-police detective, and now he's a writer and an investigator for mm. both kind of paranormal cryptid things and started the North American Bigfoot Society. That's what he's like really notable for and also has written a bunch of these 411 books, written about Bigfoot. He's done like 185 case studies on this. He's gone to these places uh-huh. and, and, and talked with people. This man has been around and he's an interesting character. But yeah. the thing... The thing is, so basically he, he, he presents the documentary almost like a Discovery Channel reality host, you know, where they're okay. kind of like they introduce themselves, they give you the background, and he's like, I'm going to take you through these couple case studies and just show you how weird this is. And they present this mm-hmm. idea of, and this was in the trailer too, that around the United States, people are going missing in national parks, and people are uh-huh. going missing in forests, in, in mountain ranges and everything, and it's happening in clusters. And since that original, Hmm. like, studies that he was doing was regular people, he wanted to highlight that this is also happening to hunters, Hmm. people who are trained in in knowing what they're doing in the wilderness, in survival, who usually live in those areas, who know the forest like the back of their hand, are just disappearing. Mm -hmm. And that is weird, right? Like, I... And I was like, okay, this is an interesting topic. Yeah, because, like, hunters... Yeah, because that that is mm-hmm. something that hunters will know how to do. I, yeah. my freshman year, um, you know, that was my first time living out west. You know, I'm from kind of suburban Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm staying in the dorms. I meet my roommate. He's from South Dakota. I remember oh, wow. when the winter came; it was snowing. He was like, "I got a wolf tag." So I'm allowed to hunt a wolf. Oh. So he just went out into the woods all weekend with his ghillie suit, sat under a tree somewhere out in the wilderness in the snow. He didn't ever get a wolf. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he just sat under a tree in the snow all weekend. That's, you know, interesting. By himself with his gun. And all right. You know, that's uh, that was that was a, a nice, relaxing weekend, I guess, for him. I mean, no judgment. No, no, not at all. It's it's <laughs> it's people like to do that. I am not Maybe a, a little uh, judgment for hunting wolves. Yeah, but, that know. I'm a little angry about, but I'll keep it. I'll keep it contained for now. I mean, no, yeah. no hate on hunters because it's important. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah, we are in a target. Endangered. We are in a target. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is a place. <laughs> no, um, but again, not a Walmart. No. Target. Target. It's fancy. Target Boutique. Ooh. The, the people here are hunting for deals. Oh, like that. Yeah. But yeah, so focusing on hunters and like, it's just odd. Throughout the whole yeah. thing, it's very odd. May I say the two that the, the way that this is presented is kind of bizarre. He doesn't, David Pilates, this is, doesn't necessarily know, I think, who he wants to be in this documentary because he's he's playing reality host. He's playing investigator and he's playing editor. Actually, I don't know if he actually edited the film, but it it feels mm-hmm. that way because when 
he's conducting these interviews with both the people who are family members of the missing persons, sheriff's department, police, whatnot. He's in the shot, but it's not his full body. It's yeah. like his half profile. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very odd because I'm like, he wants to be in the shot. He wants to be in the movie, but he's also not necessarily in the movie. And they also use actors to recreate things during this film. I'm abbreviating a lot of things and kind of summarizing because I feel like the case studies are what are more important in what is going on during this whole thing. But I feel like the context, you know, for everybody here to get a picture of what this is quite like, you know, it's, it's an interview type setting. They refilm things to kind of give you an idea of what the woods are like. And it's, it's very ominous. Yeah. There are reenactments, which are not necessary in my opinion, but I'm going to, I'm not going to critique this film. We're not here to critique it. I'm here to convince you to watch it. Cause I think it's, (laughs) worth watching but it is really strange okay but i feel like the 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 other shoe i guess that i'm waiting for to drop i guess is so do and also because you Mm -hmm. kind of keep comparing it to cryptid documentaries like do they reach a conclusion with Mm -hmm. as haphazard as this documentary sounds like is it well, Bigfoot? Is it the Chupacabra? Yeah. Mothman? Like, it is a lot of things. I'm going to, you oh, know what? Let okay. me give you an example. Let me give you a few examples because I feel like okay. I got to keep everybody in suspense here, just like that documentary did to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, for, for instance, there was one uh, incident in the um, Adirondacks um, yeah. with this hunter. Tom Messick, who went missing when hunting with his family and friends. Messick goes missing. Yeah, Messick goes missing. And the idea was, like, they were going out, they were hunting during the weekend, they were supposed to be staying, I think, like, near a lake. So they had, like, they split the hunting party, so three were in the woods, um, I think, waiting to kind of do the push, and the other were waiting there with their guns to shoot. I don't know hunting strategy, but basically the idea of cornering your prey. (laughs) That was like literally how they set it up. And I'm like, okay, yeah, guys with guns, they're hanging out. They're going to do their thing. Um, And so he's chilling. This man man is 83 years old, seasoned Mm -hmm. veteran hunter. This guy knows this forest. He knows the woods. He knows what to do, right? Yeah. Apparently they say he kind of, he's in his corner. He radios in, says something. Next thing they know, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And they, because they're like, okay, we're going to regroup. They go to find him. He's not there. And so they start conducting searches and they can find no trace of this man. One thing that's interesting in terms of how they go about searching for people in the woods when, you know, there's vast amounts of nature, they don't kind of just walk around and, and try to find you. There's this system in place that I didn't know about where they actually will grid things to, to mark everything yeah. out by using rope to go in between trees and they would have people kind of walk parallel a certain amount of um, feet and miles and then tie it off and then go the opposite direction. And that way, you know what's been found in that grid and then you can keep Mm -hmm. moving, which is really practical because, you know, I've never seen a movie where that was laid out, right? Any kind of murder mystery or something like that's always more like haphazard. Um, So I thought that was interesting. I feel like they, they might do that in, Stranger Things, I think. Oh, maybe. Season when they're looking for Will. Yeah, I mean it's definitely Remember a bit more. I think for so. Will. Yeah, yeah, and then um, what's her name? Uh, Winona Ryder just keeps yelling his name the whole season. Love Stranger yeah, what Things. Was, what but... was her name? Do you remember? Do you remember her her son's name? Uh, Will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but more more groany. 
but yeah, so this this continues for like months, and they just can never I, find them. Can I them. say one thing though? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you say seasoned hunter. Uh huh. I cynical part of my brain. Yeah. Heard man in his eighties in the wilderness. Well, here's yeah. So I, I I'm yeah. I'm imagine, so so this man is older than my grandma and my okay i i understand there's people that do different things with their 80s you know Mm -hmm. like yeah there there are (laughs) there are actors that act into their 80s there are musicians that perform into their 80s sure uh my it's it's difficult picturing yeah someone at that age always having their wits about them all the time well that's the thing but like and i and i thought the same thing but what was odd is you know he's not that far away from everybody like he's with like 10 people so it's not even like he's by himself because in a lot of these cases people are just by themselves or with one other person so i could see it being like a bit yikes but even Mm -hmm. in this it's like they're not far from where they're supposed to be and and he disappears okay and but that is the thing too you know they said that he had uh i think problems with one of his eyes and it was a bit he's you know he's up there in age and not necessarily i think at the peak of physical fitness but the family insists that he was okay but this is one of those ones that was just not really followed up it wasn't really explained because it was like the first case that they talk about and i'm like okay maybe we'll get some closure later on maybe there's a there's a point to be made yeah i mean it's i you know not not to not to discredit this Uh, documentary because i haven't seen it I mean, there are so many stories, like, from, like, frontier times of, like, yeah, children just wander into the grass and don't come back. And, yes, yeah. And, you know, the wagon train can only look for so long, <laughs> and then eventually they just have to leave them. I guess, you know, yeah. God knows where they went. Well, that's a thing in this in this documentary they kind of talk about, too. I don't remember the specific cases, but mm-hmm. because it was kind of, like, graced over a bit. But they were saying, like, children often go missing, and then they just show up, like, later mm. on. And, like, sometimes they don't have shoes, or they don't have clothes, and they're just kind of, like, mm. wan- they just wander back to camp, or they wander back to the town. Mm. And it's like, where did you come from? And like, I mean, it, have, have you ever heard of the story of Willow the Wisps? Uh, not probably the one you're thinking of. I'm thinking of The Witcher 3, but... All right, I mean, you saw Brave, right? Yeah. Okay, so that those glowy things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that guide you back, right? Isn't that the whole? Yeah, but in more in darker folklore, oh, those are those are entities that supposedly lead you astray. That there are Ooh. stories of people that wander into thick swamp or woods and they see these lights. They're drawn towards these lights and they disappear. Oh, there's a lot of. Um, I'm sure this exists in other folklore traditions, but uh, speaking from what I know of European folklore, there is a lot of stories of fairies um, yeah. and, and and these kinds of creatures that are sort of meant as a way to explain what happens hmm. to people who wander into the woods and don't come back. Interesting point. Yeah, yeah. Fairies, so fairies I, I'm, are weird, I'm just wh- whether it's uh you know mm-hmm. whether it's uh some other power or it's something benign, 
Right. There is historical precedent for people who would otherwise know what they're doing that would mm-hmm. disappear in the woods. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's not. I mean, also, also, I mean, people <laughs> back in the day also were smaller, and there was like it wasn't uh, like like in antiquity they were not that far away from animals just eating people. You know. true yeah no that (laughs) there's um there's some evidence to suggest that humans particularly children uh were capable of being carried off by african crowned eagles oh my god really yeah it's a very large species of eagle that is still living today and there is some evidence that that bird or a bird very much like it did used to prey upon humans and human children weird that's yeah terrifying. like I, I mean even the greeks you know have the story of zeus abducting ganymede oh true true true. you know and i it's too tantalizing to not imagine that that is a version of some kind of older story of oh yeah some you hear about ganymede got <laughs> carried off by an eagle oh my god yeah but it was, you know, it get you know, it, it gets passed on a few times, and yeah. then it eventually turns into, oh, you hear Zeus wanted a boy toy? Oof, yeah. That's yeah. fair. No, I mean, I think, I think there is examples of these, these things happening throughout human history. I think the getting lost in the woods and then never coming back is rather common, I think, because yeah. of modern... Fairy circles... Oh, don't even get me started on fairies, man. <laughs> they, you don't mess with fairies. They're weird. I mean, uh-huh. I'm not going to sit here and say I believe in fairies, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that I'm going to put a, a fairy door in my backyard. Don't do that, by the way. Are you Irish? Hi there. My name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game, even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. Dude, just, I see it on TikTok. (laughs) Please don't do that. They will mess up your house. Just don't. It's not a good idea. Okay. But that has me thinking now about the fairies yeah. attracting people because now I'm curious. No, but like I, I think yeah. these things are quite interesting because I still can't wrap my head around why people go missing. I'm going to give another example too because it's just okay. going to get even weirder from here because that one was yeah. a bit like, uh, to me, I think he just got lost and then mm-hmm. eaten or hopefully not. I mean, seriously, I feel so bad for these families who just don't know. Oh yeah, no, I want to no. make that very clear that that's the yeah. really disheartening part of this and it. And and yeah, I, I guess I, I can explain how that just gets worse. But there's this other one that just gets stranger. So there's the case of Audrey Kaplan, who goes hiking with her husband in mm-hmm. um, Santa Fe National Forest, right outside of the city. They go up, I think, a weekend or even just like the day even. And they said they're going to okay. go hunt hunt for mushrooms. And I don't necessarily know if they're seasoned hunters, but they're definitely seasoned hikers and they've been in this forest and they go there every now and then to escape the city it's common you said they were hunting mushrooms yeah so well you know honestly that's tough mushrooms <laughs> have more of a success rate of eating us 
than mm. probably bears. That's true. We all we all end up we don't all end up bear food. We yeah. do all end up fungus food. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah. This is a weird one. So basically she she goes with him, they're walking. I think she veers off the path at one point and just disappears. Mm-hmm. And the husband tries to find him and can't. They call the search party. They get people going. We're moving. You know, they're mobilizing. No trace of her whatsoever. Wow. Gone. Wow. But then things get a little strange. And Uh-oh. she shows up. I think it's like a couple days later or even a couple weeks later. Uh-huh. Near a creek, like right on the creek bed. Like almost naked, if not completely naked, and deceased. And oh, next God. and next to her was it was like a water bottle and some other things. And I think there might have been like a fire started, some clothing, just like random items. And mm-hmm. so what was assumed was hypothermia, because mm-hmm. in hypothermia, when you start to get I, f- I forget what it's called, but there's that kind of um, there's an event that happens where your body freaks out and you just strip all of your clothes because you think that you're actually hot, but you're not. Yeah, if I if I remember correctly, what happens is. Typically, when your body gets cold, mm-hmm. all the blood kind of leaves your extremities. And yeah. It basically is trying to keep your core and vital organs right. Warm. When you eventually get into the late stages of hypothermia, it basically your body stops doing this. The blood mm-hmm. rushes back, and suddenly you feel extremely hot. Yes. You're delirious. You uh, strip all your clothes off. A lot of people do die that way yeah no it's a it's horrible and that's usually yeah. what's attributed to a lot of these cases because that's how they end up finding the bodies but in the case of um audrey kaplan's they mm-hmm. get her examined and yeah. the autopsy does not show hypothermia as cause of death mm. it doesn't show anything she's just dead you know she's just deceased natural causes assumed and mm. that's what's kind of peculiar because it's assumed hypothermia given the situation, given the circumstance, but it's not coming out that way. And it's not mm. the first time that you're going to get evidence of things like that happening where it's just the person is gone, no trace. Mm. And then all of a sudden they show back up in a very odd position, usually way either. It's always either like next to that area or it's away mm. from it. I can't remember the yeah. exact um, guide that uh, Politis gives during the documentary, but there's these like set of things that happen during Mm -hmm. like a missing person's case or in, in the wilderness that is, and um, kind of things that can happen. And usually it's like one of them being bad weather, one of them being that they Mm -hmm. end up nearby or completely in an opposite direction. Sometimes it's in a place that they've searched before, which I know that happens a lot. Mm. And this was, this is kind of the start of where the documentary takes a turn and gets a bit more on the like bizarre. Oh, yeah, because there's a couple of these happening, like another one in the Santa Fe area where this seasoned hunter, uh, Mel Nadell, goes out with a group of friends uh, elk hunting in one of the mountain ranges. And mm-hmm. he, he's somebody who has already gotten lost and does not want to get lost again. And I know that because okay, the family yeah. was saying that a lot of times. And he gets out of his car, goes out to find a spot to go do some bow hunting presumably gets on a tree, you know, to set up and is supposed to be coming back to the car by nightfall to leave with everybody. And he never Mm -hmm. returns. And this is what starts to be these kind of strange events where, you know, hunters carry a lot of equipment on them and they carry, of course, if you're a 
if you have a gun, you're carrying a heavy gun. Or if you're a bow hunter, yeah. you have a bow or a sidearm or both in, in a lot of mm-hmm. cases. And it's odd because you never re- they never recover these items. These things are never hmm. found, which is strange because you would assume that's the first thing you drop if you're looking for people or, you know, you're firing off warning shots, you're firing off something to kind of gather attention to you. And so, and one thing too, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but he, he pointed out in the documentary that a lot of these things are happening in clusters. Now, I don't know if it's necessarily just coincidence or if it's something just because of something else, you know, if you get into the more conspiracy mm-hmm. range in this documentary, but it is, it is a bit odd. Well, you, you wonder, mm-hmm. like with anything, you know, the human brain wants to see That's patterns. my thing. I, see, I believe it's that. I really do think it's, it's, it's the I want, or the human brain wanting to find patterns within a situation yeah. that is quite horrific. And I mean, the, the, yeah, there's, there, there's so much trauma. Exactly. One comes with the loss of anyone. The loss yeah. of anyone for any reason is traumatic. But especially when there seems to be no reason for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've I've listened to a couple of podcasts where basically they go undercover to seances, you know? Oh, wow. To, to kind of hear, basically to expose people of hot and cold reading. Sure. And one of the things that's surprisingly common is there are mediums that really like to tell people that oh, so-and-so, your son, daughter, niece, nephew that committed suicide okay. wasn't really suicide. What? That they, they're telling me that they didn't want to die. Huh. And people find that, you know, one, they find it, you know, comforting, I guess, is the yeah. word. Because I guess it puts another story to it. You know, maybe you can tell yourself that, well, okay, so maybe they weren't really unhappy. Or maybe there wasn't something that I overlooked. Maybe there was something else going on. And people that lose people in inexplicable Mm -hmm. ways are so susceptible to those things. Yeah, and it it's traumatizing on a whole community in a way that I don't think we totally understand. There mm-hmm. was this article I read like a year ago or so um, uh, about John Aldridge. You ever heard of him? I have not. John Aldridge was a lobster fisherman uh, off of Long Island. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, he's, you know, living in this blue collar fishing community right 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 um this this is fairly recent um oh okay (laughs) yeah this is you know not like you know like a hundred years ago (laughs) right it's not like the lighthouse anyways so in the article they he he talks about he, he falls overboard in like very early in the morning i think it's been a little while since i read this article but basically it's still dark out he falls off of his boat you know, setting up traps, falls into the water. The boat was running and the other person on the boat was asleep. So the boat just keeps going without him. So he is now stranded in the Atlantic Ocean, I think 40 miles off the coast. Jesus. Yeah. And he only survives because 
he keeps on his rubber boots that normally they tell you when you fall overboard, kick off your boots because they weigh you down. He holds on to his boots and uses them as buoys and then knows vaguely where he is because he was dropping lobster traps and lets the current take him to where he knows there will be other traps. And he is basically floating in the water for hours and hours and hours until eventually he does come across a trap and holds on to this buoy out in the middle of the water. And then he's he's out in the freezing water for like 12 hours. And by some miracle, they find him, you know? Most of the times when they go on these rescue missions, they do not bring back live bodies, if they bring back anything. Yeah. The, the helicopter pilot, like, reading his account of the whole thing, they were, they were, you know, ready to bring back a corpse if they found anything. That was the expectation, you know, the, the odds of surviving that is... these types of things. Um, yeah. And John, you know, after all of this, you know, reading like what he did, how calm he stayed, and then he got back out there and he still, you know, is a fisherman. Wow. And that's his trade, and he's a proud fisherman, and that's what he does to provide for his family. The weird note that the article left me with that I wasn't really expecting was it went into the community. The community Mm. was very shaken and never quite recovered from... Like, in a way, they had already... He was gone. He was missing for, you know, half a day. People assumed the worst because that's what typically happens. They had kind of prepared for the loss. And then he came back. Wow. And... Everybody else, John is, by most accounts, okay with what happened. Hmm. You know, he understands he got lucky. Yeah. And he survived and carried on. Everyone else around him really Mm -hmm. seems to have inherited the anxiety, the uh, emotional distress. Like that, it's almost yeah. like that energy inevitably had to go somewhere, and everybody around him absorbed it. It's a traumatic thing. It's a horribly traumatic thing. Yeah, I could not imagine being in in water yeah. at night and just having nothing. You're just there. That is horrifying. I mean, wow, that is that is quite a story. I have to say, that's left me with few yeah, words. So I, but but I mean, I only bring it up just because, uh-huh. and and the uh, medium thing because. People want this story, don't they? When yeah, people go missing. I think that's the thing with these with these stories in particular, and why they also leave me with this chord. We we want answers. People want answers. Yeah. People want comfort. A sense of knowing what happened, because there can be a release of pain, and there isn't mm-hmm. one. There isn't. It's just gone. A lot of times, people are just missing, and yeah, you don't know what to believe. You don't know whether it's aliens or whether they died from a bear attack or they just fell down a ditch. You don't know, and aliens? it's the not know. Oh, did I say aliens? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> Sorry, not not. I I know you were saying something, you know, very uh, poignant, and serious, <laughs> but aliens was was that well, an option? Well, does that happen very frequently? Well, 
Apparently. I think there are more confirmed bear attacks than confirmed alien abductions. I think you would be incorrect depending on who you ask, to be honest. I feel like that is the type of thing that... See, that's just a statistic that I just came up with three seconds ago. (laughs) Yeah. But for some reason, I feel like I don't need to research it. The key word being confirmed, not alleged. Oh, see, there it is. Science, as always. Yeah, you gotta, Mm. you gotta, you gotta think like a scientist. True, true, true. All right, well, you gotta, you gotta riddle me this one then, because this is the case that I cannot wrap my head around, and... I need well there's actually two but I need answers and I will never get them and I'm okay with that and I and I just feel mm-hmm. for this this family but yeah you mentioned Montana earlier and there's a there's a case that the documentary takes a really long time on and I think it's important about um the hunter Aaron Hedges okay. who so he's a seasoned hunter who's lit- Aaron Hedges? No, there's leaves no. on hedges, Joe. Uh, oh, oh, no. I didn't I'm know so that. sorry that I'm making fun of these people's names, but they have great names. They do have good names. It's true. Yeah. Um, but no, so, so Aaron Hedges is a seasoned hunter who often goes out to the crazy mountains in, um, in Montana and mm-hmm. usually goes bow hunting with a couple friends. He grew up going into the mountains. He's done this quite often. He knows this place and he knows mm-hmm. where they're going. So him and a group of friends are supposedly going hunting for the weekend and they're supposed to go stay in... It's this place called like Sunshine Lake, I think, or Sunlight Lake, where they have like a hunting lodge and that's where they're going to stay. And so when you go bow hunting, you know, it's not a group event. You have to be by yourself. You have to be silent in order to, to catch prey. So he goes off alone on one of the trails and does his thing and they go do theirs and they're supposed to reconvene. And so the last they hear from him was he radios in and says, I made a wrong turn. You know, I got on the wrong turn out, turnabout. I kept thinking about, about it like a highway, but, you know, he's in the middle of the mountains. Mm-hmm. And so, no. And um, he's going to, like, try to find his way back on the, on the trail he's at and, and turn around. And they're like, okay, yeah, you should just, you know, head back and get back on, get your bearings. And then mm-hmm. they never see him again. Whoa. Yeah. And so he doesn't show up at the place. He doesn't get there. His cash that was there is still left untouched because they store stuff in this place. And so they call in again the authorities and are like, hey, we need to... Something's up. You know, something's wrong. And Mm -hmm. before they get to do this search, there's a snowstorm. And just Mm -hmm. like Politis said in the documentary early on, bad weather tends to happen right after these things occur. And that screws a lot of things up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they couldn't just get in there especially since it freshly snowed with like dog teams and whatnot so i think they originally went in with like horses and then they had to go via helicopter and they had just like tons of search teams trying to figure this out because they're trying to search on the trail that he was at and kind of mapping out the area and the documentary does this really interesting job of taking you in a helicopter and and guiding Mm -hmm. the tour and and having the pilot who who did the search re kind of live that experience and it's quite interesting One thing that happens that is really weird is east of where he was supposed to be, someone finds his boots. Hmm. And with his boots, they, oh, I need to also make this clear. He goes missing September 7th, and then September 9th, they find the boots. Because this one, I think, is important to lay out a timeline, because this is going to stretch a really long period Mm -hmm. of time. Okay, okay. So they they find these boots... 
near an old fire pit that was there that has a burnt okay. pack of cigarettes in it, cigarette butts. There's a camelback like water pack things that you know mm-hmm. the ones you put on your back like and drink with a straw. But the, the yeah. tube is missing, so they're like assuming he used it as a tool to find extra water or tried to drink from it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's backpack straps there, not the backpack, mm-hmm. but those like waist straps. So they were assuming maybe he's trying to build things. It's just all this kind of refuse is there, and his boots. The one thing that's important mm-hmm. when you're walking. Shoes. I don't know why that creeps me out more than anything else. Well, you know, the whole empty shoes meaning no person, oh, I think, yeah. is, is part of it. But also, it's just ominous. It's really yeah. strange. And it was also in an area that they checked before. Mm-hmm. That's the weird part, too. They saw this area, and there was nothing there. So at first, I'm like, Iris is getting weird. And they assumed that, okay, maybe it was hypothermia, and he took his boots off because, you know, the whole stripping aspect of it. And and when that happens, like you explained earlier, and he just kind of kept going and eventually got lost again. Yeah. And so they eventually kind of cold case this and they just leave Mm. the, the investigation as is and and kind of have to stop searching because it's been months. Wow. So then afterwards in the summer of 2015, this is a year after, so this would be the summer after the event. On June 22nd, so yeah, this is about nine months after, in a ranch near Sweetgrass County, Montana, a visitor there who I think is visiting with family, mm-hmm. he, he's like just kind of doing a nature walk, you know, exploring and whatnot, and stumbles upon clothing and some bright orange items underneath the tree. Oh, God. And goes back, because they don't, they're not really familiar with it, say, hey, there's some stuff over here. And they all go up to look, and it's his things. What? Yeah. So they find a bow. They find a backpack. They find sweatpants, a vest, socks, a shirt. And the backpack has holes in it, so they're, like, assuming that animals got in. And there's some Mm -hmm. granola wrappers everywhere. But Mm -hmm. inside the backpack, and this is what really gets me, is a gun. Oh. And his license with his name oh. and picture on it. And this is Whoa. nine months later. Jeez. So wait, how far? Okay, so this, nine oh, months later, mm-hmm. how far away is this from where he originally went missing? Extremely far. Like, way east. He was supposed to be Ooh. west of this. So like, if, we're, if we paint a visual image of this, if you're looking at like a mountain range from a map point yeah. of view in the kind of center was supposed to be like where he was to the left of that map was supposed to be where he was going. Mm-hmm. So maybe a couple miles West. He was miles East outside of the mountain. Right. They, they were saying that he would have seen buildings here. Like you would have been able to see surrounding roads and areas. And it's yeah, just there. God. And it's in like decent ish condition, which is bizarre. Except yeah, for the it's holes like and stuff. if he made it out of the mountains, you're basically yeah. home free. Exactly, exactly. We'll see. And then it just gets weirder, Zan. And this is why I can't stop thinking about this. So, <laughs> okay. so another year passes, and it's August 8th, 2016, and someone finds a skull under a dead tree. And around that area, uh... they do a search and end up finding a skeleton that's about like 80% complete and Mm. it's confirmed to be his Jesus. 
Yeah. God. And it's scattered, mind you, which they assume because of weathering and whatnot. Yeah, that I mean that that could at least be explained by, you know, uh taphonomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But... Exactly. And then again they do the autopsy, not really sure what happened. No God. real cause of death. God, that's so, so that's so awful and creepy. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's in, in one case, it's, it's almost like, okay, they know, right? They have the, the remains. The family can mm-hmm. kind of rest easy. On the other hand, though, it's, what? Well, yeah, because it, it mm-hmm. didn't answer any questions. It doesn't, It no. doesn't tell them what happened nope. to this person that they cared about. Like, we, we get no answers. There is no answers in this. And I'm, like, watching this happening. I'm super invested at this point. And I'm like... Oh, someone's taunting them. There's no way. Like, because to me, I'm like, okay, maybe he met a cannibal in the woods, or maybe they met, like, another person that, that, that uh, attacked him I mean, or Montana's something. Montana's a great place to start a cult. I mean, didn't Far Cry 5 take place there? <laughs> Which was all about <laughs> I mean, cults? There, there is a there is a, um apocalypse cult. I don't know how active they are anymore, but there is oh. one. Um, there's a cult uh, in Livingston, oh. right outside of Livingston, Montana, which is huh. about le- le- less than an hour away from where I was living in Bozeman. Oh, um, wow. I, I think, think this was... Uh, what what mm-hmm. was it called? Um, I think it was called Our Lady Universal and Triumphant. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. Weird, yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Yeah, weird. They, uh, they were out of Montana. Elrond huh. Hubbard but... spent some time in Montana. I mean, it's a good place to start a cult. You're not wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. the Sinos, the Scientologists still have some uh yeah, some some handles there. Some some property out there or oh, something. Oh god. Maybe that's where they're keeping David Miscavige's wife, I don't know. Oh god. Um <laughs> <laughs> but but so this is where the documentary starts to ask questions without answers. Um Right. I'm going into this not thinking about it like a cryptid documentary, because as I said before, I never go into cryptid documentaries thinking they're cryptid documentaries, and they end up being <laughs> that. And so I'm watching, and I'm like, it's got to be like this whole conspiracy. It's got to be like, you know, someone followed him, someone's yeah. taunting these I mean, people. Can I, can I maybe shed a little bit of light on what I think, you know, sure. might be going on if I were to go into like, let's say I'm a producer, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what do we need here? Uh-huh. I guess, I guess this would make me more of an executive producer, but let's Ooh. play in the space. Okay. Play along. So what do crypt- cryptid documentaries all have this problem? Where, mm-hmm. so thing A happens, yes? Yeah. You make documentary on thing. Okay. It takes time to make documentary on things so presumably the things that you are watching in the documentary already happened and the information therein was available to the public for them to put together said documentary Mm -hmm. so every time you see a documentary that says the most comprehensive bigfoot documentary ever if he's out there we'll find him on the history channel you're thinking i don't remember hearing in the news that they found mm, Bigfoot. Right. So I can only yeah. imagine how this documentary is going to end. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, funny. It's well, cause yeah. like, you know, even if you weren't totally like, even if you weren't totally in the know, like, right. It was in the news that Joe exotic mm-hmm. went to prison and then tiger King came out later. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I like, mean, that it, wasn't that wasn't 
Uh-huh. Unless you had never heard of Joe Exotic before, which, you know, I guess there were enough people that hadn't heard of him. Yeah, you wouldn't know. But there, that was not news to people. Right. You know, the, the documentary. A documentary, you know, is different from a newsreel. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, that was the thing. These cases were already kind of being highlighted, and they were kind of also highlighted in his books. What got me after this, and it was funny you mentioned Bigfoot, because, oh, if you haven't guessed it by now, that's where we're headed, everybody. Um, <laughs> that's where this goes. It takes a complete right turn, and it ends up in this, they go to, like, the Sierra Nevada, the Sierra Nevada mountains, and, like, hang out with this guy for some reason. I really don't remember how this got, like, stitched in. It just did. <laughs> and they're chilling up in the mountains and discussing this camp that they were calling like a cowboy camp, cowboy trail camp, which I think is called the Sierra camp. Like a dude ranch? No, it, it's it's quite literally a spot in a forest that no one knows about. And people camp up there and they, it's like a hunting ground for them. But they, oh, okay. they won't really. Clearly I was not invited. No, well, no one is because um, it's, <laughs> we don't even know where it is. They kept it anonymous, I think for the sake of the patrons. Gotcha, gotcha. I can picture, I can picture these people already. Yeah, I mean, they show you pictures of the camp, and it's, like, a really makeshift hut, and I'm talking out of, like, fallen trees and stuff, and, like, there's I'm some, there's a stove. beards and bandanas. You're actually almost correct. Beards, for sure, bandanas, and hats. Cowboy hats. Ah. Oh. They seem kind of fine. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Just... I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hang up there with them, because I wouldn't want to go through what they go through. <laughs> so, they they talk about it, and this guy... Joe, you hated the hostel we stayed at in Venice. I doubt yeah. you would like the No, no. I turned into <laughs> such a personality when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I like to think I could be a camper, Zan. I like to think I could be out in the wilderness <laughs> like I was in some sort of survival movie. I would freeze in five seconds. I would not last. I mean, like, I have this, like, idea in my head that I could... I watched so many survival documentaries that I know how to start a fire, which I do. But like in the moment, I could be like, all right, I'm going to make a long bow out of this tree branch and I'm going to survive. Like, bro, no, I definitely would be so uncomfortable. Joe, I'm having so much fun picturing (laughs) athleisure wear in a campfire, you know, like my joggers hanging out. Yeah, no, you're wearing your slides and stuff. Oh, my God. No way. You know me better than that. I would be in like, I would be in aesthetic hiking gear. You know that. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Like you, <laughs> you, you would, you would dress for the occasion. I, You'd I have would. Flannel. And, oh, for yeah. sure. I would play the part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, but isn't it, isn't it yeah. more fun to imagine? It is. It is more fun. <laughs> I'm already getting outfit ideas. But the thing that this takes a turn in is so they're discussing that, and actually before this, now I remember how they stitched it in. There's some cases in California that, for the sake of time, I'm just gonna skip over. Um, not that they're any less weird. They're just very quickly skipped over, even in the documentary, to get to this, okay. which is, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember them naming him, but I'm pretty sure it's an interview with uh, Ron Moorhead, because I did some investigating on my own. And this man is famous for recording Bigfoot sounds. I didn't know that. I did not uh, know that going in. I mean, you can get you can get famous for recording sounds these days. You, uh, well, this was in the 70s. Have you heard of this Billie Eilish? I have heard of William Eyelash, yes. <laughs> she's, she's very famous for recording sounds. She's quite good at she's it. She's quite good. That, Yeah, her and her brother, they're quite good at what they do, yeah, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. But anyways, into, some, into the past, 
yeah, this is in 1971. He's recounting some events that he had up there with with some of the fellow campers, and it's weird, Zan. It, mm. It's really weird. What's they, Bigfoot sound like? Do it, they play any of them? They do. I wonder if I could pull it up on my on my phone and play you it know, for the audience. Any of these here. Bigfoot? Ep- which was the Bigfoot expert that like? Remember when they said they found a Bigfoot body? Oh my god! And yeah, it was, and it was just a rubber gorilla suit. Yes. Like, <laughs> In in a in in a, like a styrofoam cooler. Or yeah, something. I remember that. Oh my god, is is that guy involved in any of this? No, 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 no. It's totally on the fringe. It's not really any of the craziness. They they skim over it pretty quick. But basically, this guy has recordings of when they heard like noises in the forest and immediately ran to uh-huh. their shelter because it's like terrifying. Yeah, uh, because it's pitch black. Yeah. And they play the sounds for you. And it's hard. I mean, it's scary. It is this yeah. otherworldly sound that I've never heard anything like it. It is mm. bizarre. It is. Um, I, I don't even know how to really explain it. I wonder if I can pull it up on my phone and play a sample. Play it. Uh, play it. Play it over the target loudspeakers. Oh, yeah. Hold I'm on. Sure they'll, I'm sure they'll let us. Do yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like that. And Creepy. they yes, very much so. And he gets it examined by uh an audio analyst. Uh-huh. Looks at it and claims that there's no way that it can be human. It's we don't even make that frequency given and that's how it really can't be faked given the technology that it's on. It's complicated. Hmm. Alluding to it possibly being an advanced language. It's hmm. has to the whatever creature it is or whatever creature these are, because there's multiple voices, has to yeah. be tall over to eight to nine feet tall, be given the, the vocal range, which I was already like, okay, I watched that Neanderthal hmm. video. I know they can do this based on what sounds <laughs> things make. Like I get it. This is real. And I'm and I'm freaked out. I mean, it's creepy. It's like I legitimately I'm sitting here laughing at this documentary, but like yeah. I I would be lying if I said i was i had not gotten goosebumps multiple times it's really creepy it's really good at doing that i just i have problems with it as a documentary but honestly the content is bizarre and it just gets worse like they get into aliens and then like they get into and not not really like a lot like the last case study i kind of wanted to explain to you know sell this documentary was really weird because they they mention these orbs sort of like the will of the wisps you were talking about and they mention different phenomenons of possibly interacting with aliens. Maybe it's not Bigfoot. Maybe it's an alien speaking. They have another story in which um, this one kid goes missing and this dad finds a, literally goes, he sells everything to go find his son. It, I, I can't remember exactly the names, but like he, his son goes missing in near like Seattle for bike riding. And he was, uh-huh. his dad was like a, I don't know, somebody who worked in marketing, I think. And he sells mm-hmm. his like business, sells things to fund this like, research he he gets involved with some of these bigfoot associations and they go out and just search for him and they eventually find him um and it's quite powerful of a story and they found him on like a mound so he was Mm. definitely not where he was supposed to be at all and they were alluding to it being that bigfoot found him and brought him somewhere was he alive no no he, he no he was dead 
unfortunately. But like Bones at that point, which was even more unfortunate. Um, but at least his father got some peace, which was, I guess, the best you can ask in that yeah. situation. But it, yeah. it it just gets a bit wilder. And and the thing is, at the end in this last study, he he it completely goes in a weird direction. It goes to they, we go to Lima, Ohio, in uh-huh. someone's backyard, which still has forest because it's Ohio. But yeah, um, but isn't that like? Isn't Lima, Ohio, where Glee is set? Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Glee to be. It's like, been a the while person. since I've seen Glee. I want to say yes <laughs> because it's Glee. I'm going to go with yes on this. It focuses on the story of uh, Bruce and Jan Maccabee, a married couple who are radically different. Bruce being a optical physicist who used to work for the Navy. And Jan being, I don't remember exactly what her career is, but she really likes hunting, and that's what she does on her side. Um, And so she goes out to hunt in her backyard one day, and something, of course, strange happens, because that's in nature with this documentary. And she claims that everything stops, that the forest goes silent. So imagine a swarm of birds, sounds, insects, and then there's just nothing. Which I have heard when there's predators, that's what happens. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking. So there was, you're, you're, t- you're telling me there was supposed to be enough strangeness for only one night. But then there were, there was strangeness for eight days and eight nights. Because mm. they're the Maccabees. I, I don't know what's going Happy on. Happy Hanukkah, Joe. Oh, I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it just gets weird, and I, I don't want to get too, too far into it, but I want to get to this idea, or to this point of, she basically says that, like, she doesn't really know what's going on, it's kind of like the feeling of being, like, in a daze, hmm. but she reaches out for her phone and takes this picture, Okay. and in the picture, you can see in the corner of it that there's this weird, like, figure that literally looks almost like... Um, when Predator from Alien vs. Predator or just the Predator gets like gets like camouflaged yeah it's I mean I thought it was a bit of a stretch but honestly it's really weird like it's bizarre and I was kind of like more is it more convincing than that picture of skunk ape yes it's honestly pretty strange I have to say because it's but that's not see the the thing that got me was Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the image it's what happened to the file because Mm. and because you know, they're interviewing Bruce and he's talking about it. And, you know, again, optical physicist, this is his job. It's what he does. And he's analyzing yeah. the image and says, like, well, this is the problem I don't have is with the picture. It's with the, the uh, it's with the aspect ratio, because, huh. you know, on the phone, there's set aspect ratios. You can only change certain ones. This was like a weird one. It wasn't even like a four, three, like a square. It was like three point eight six by like five point two it was just weird decibels and it didn't make sense and it was completely huh. i mean does that does that say that the photo was cropped no it would mean it, it basically would say that someone programmed that in because in the type of phone she had it's not possible like you can't change an aspect ratio of a phone camera unless you actually go and change the program in the phone like it only has specific ones you can use you can't just like but they could tell it. that that had only happened that it happened that the photo came out that way that yeah it, there was they they could see they could was there any way that you could prove that the photo was not cropped 
Yeah, think? yeah, yeah. Just because of the original data and the aspect ratio. Okay. Because like in a, in a cropped photo, it's going to tell you the original, and then you know you right. would see it. Okay. But like, it's also just the way that it's laid out. It's weird. I mean, I I think in my mm-hmm. criticism of this film, I don't get yeah. why it was included. It we could have ended on on Bigfoot, and I think it would have been a better, more poetic touch. Yeah. I mean, in in a certain sense, you want there you want to include all of it because whether mm. or not all of these things are related, you are telling the story of something strange happens yep. in these places. Yeah, there are historically like kind of these bizarre spots on the map where yeah. things happen, and you know we do have explanations for some of them as time has gone on. Yeah, you know, but with with all of this, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to find some sort of pattern. I mean, there's mm-hmm. like, there's to, to go on, like, you know, people that I take less seriously. There's this one <laughs> guy that like, he gives this talk on aliens and he considers owls to be the harbingers of aliens. Like if you see an mm-hmm. owl, it means something strange is about to happen or, uh okay owls may be like messengers of aliens or you know it's it's on the same level as the birds are spy drones oh, uh god sent out by the government you know birds don't exist birds work for the bourgeoisie so basically his he will count every time someone sees an owl and gets a strange feeling as a hit so his huh. data is completely overflowing with just basically owl sightings with people yeah. saying they saw owls Not and science with works. people that don't know what they're looking for. And you see this a lot with people trying to put together a case for something that we don't understand. They yeah. cast a very wide net trying to make it look scientific because technically they need the numbers. And this is, this is the thing that I think people have trouble with with scientists because there's this there's this idea mm-hmm. that scientists do not want to be proven wrong about how we look at the world. Right. And that scientists are unromantic drones of people that are not that want to keep a very narrow world view. But I I feel like in reality, scientists legitimately, they're like, okay, show me the proof. Yeah. And at the end of the day, for science to work, and this is maybe why there are certain things that simply do not belong in the realm of science entirely, you can maybe uh-huh. make a case. Sure. But science requires reproducible results. Correct. That yes. no matter what day it is, no matter what, you know, that uh, you can carry out an experiment as outlined in a scientific paper. And if mm-hmm. you use the same conditions, that outcome will always happen. That has to be demonstrated by science. You know, when people, when a study or something comes out and people feel like, you know, it's, I, I feel like the, the term thrown around a lot right now is water is wet. You know, like, oh, we always oh, God, knew this. Yeah. Why are the scientists only now just catching on to this? Or, you know, there, there's kind of that, that yeah. outcry. And it's, no, this just means that there was enough 
data to you know carry out a proper experiment and demonstrate this thing you know right that that's that's part of how the process works and that people kind of need to allow the patience for and with a lot of this strangeness and stuff you know they're going to want to rein in as many of these things to try to fit it under this umbrella i think to kind of just increase your sample size to try to Mm -hmm. bring this into the realm of science and i have no doubt that there are explanations that we could apply science to in this but you know that does require resources that requires time absolutely and i guess um you know, I, I guess I don't really necessarily have a, an explanation for all of this because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, one, I haven't seen this documentary. No, well, you got it now. <laughs> but uh, I, I, want to, I want to keep an open mind about things in the world. For sure. Uh, however, I think a healthy amount of skepticism is required for a lot of this stuff just because there are a lot, especially kind of when you get into cryptids, UFOs, Mm, spirits, a lot of this stuff. For people that genuinely want answers, there are also a lot of people that are looking to exploit your your curiosity, Mm, you know? Correct. There's enough people that I've run into that are just trying to sell you something. They're trying to sell you their book on aliens. Yeah, They're trying exactly. to sell you some crystals. They, it, it's unfortunately also, you, you can find yourself the sub, sub, subject to a different kind of predatory behavior, which is people looking for answers. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing that left me in a weird state after watching this and after kind of doing some extra research because I'm, I'm very open-minded I think in the world about, you know, open-minded with things that are both uncanny, strange, paranormal, whatever you want to call it, but with a practical sense, because I think you can't be, open to all of these things and accept every theory as truth because that would be unreasonable, right? Like, not everything everybody says on the internet is correct, especially if it's a weird web browser from 1999. It doesn't really, you know, it's not proof. It's just someone writing about something else. Yeah, I mean, there's there's people that want to discredit scientists on certain things that maybe have, you know, that, that have some validity sure and then there's like there there's people that uh will want to say well actually all archaeologists are all entirely wrong and yeah native oh, americans yeah. actually came from africa oh uh, yeah here we go you know if if you've got kind of that weird you know african nationalism that you know you sometimes encounter mm-hmm. uh I, I forget what that group's called they what that group's called is weird there's a couple things like that of people just yeah or or even like the mormons like the mormons Uh, explanation for native americans was that the native americans are israelites yeah they're they're this lost tribe right you know which Mm -hmm. wrong for many reasons yeah but yeah there's 
there's there's a desire to to to, to find an answer. Yeah, and that, and that that's that's very human and that's very understandable, especially when people go missing, especially when loved ones go missing. There's an emotional element here too that absolutely uh, I don't think we can stress enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it, it it's it's genuinely traumatizing when even if you know what happened to someone i have to say you know when someone passes and you don't see them Mm -hmm. again it's never quite resolved like yeah exactly in, in your head i mean i had a summer the summer i graduated from high school uh one of my friends in my graduating class uh, before graduation had taken his own life mm. and you know i never just never saw him again and it and it messed me up for like i think that whole summer like i kind of just kept dreaming about him oh wow because like i just i i it, it never resolved in my head he was there and yeah. then he was gone and then um and then while i was that was actually my fr- that summer was my first time in italy and while huh. i was over there um my stepdad's mother died. Oh, wow. And again, it was this whole lack of closure, you know? Yes, absolutely. I feel like that is the feeling of this, of mm-hmm. this event, of this bigger picture that I think the documentary tries to encompass, but it's it's really deeper than that because that's that's yeah. what the question is. That's That's my question is kind of that unresolved, feeling you know the unknown that all yeah humans really want i think answers to and you know it 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 could be that bigfoot had a plan in this that had a play in this it could be aliens it could be a bear attack it could be falling off a cliff and being carried by a stream it could be you know any hypothermia it could be anything i think really what the underlying factor is is just that unknown and unresolved feeling that will never leave and linger and my questions i think on that go beyond just you know the surface and and not to say that that discredits this in any way i think for me i'm still trying to figure that out and i think that really is the feeling it's i don't really know what happened and i never will Mm -hmm. we never will know what happened to these people to a certain extent we'll never know if it keeps happening and like Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of not necessarily coming to terms and moving on all the time, because I feel like that's Mm -hmm. such a, that can be such a condescending thing to say to someone and to say to something so uh, complex in something like this. But I think just being like aware of that feeling and of that need for closure goes Mm -hmm. a long way. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of, uh, you know, embalming wasn't really a practice in the United States until the Civil War. Really? Yeah. Huh. And it was kind of in response to basically all these young men, you know, leaving home and never coming back. Huh. And I'm just kind of, I'm thinking about that too in, in yeah. terms of this. Just, you know, I I think in any conflict, there's always the people that, you know, come back in a coffin 
and there's the the people that just go missing and never come back at all and i think that was a scarring moment for a lot of a lot of people in that war because yeah that was a point where on, on such a huge scale that so many people were lost and right. just and, and and died away from home that yeah. nobody nobody saw them again right yeah yeah and i it, we 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 talk a lot about the weird dark things in america's past and how we 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 have some sort of feeling that there's there's something out there there's something unknown and there's something sinister and what i i i don't know what it does for us that we we feel a need for there to be something out there that we yeah. that that we we have this feeling that there there must be something dark mm-hmm. and and sinister yeah yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. I I think it's the the question, right? And there is that yeah. need for something else to be other than what it is. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I also just forget how big, you know, the wilderness is and how yeah, empty. Yeah, you you don't really get a sense for it unless you're you're in it. I mean, yeah. I it, uh I know this has happened in real life, but you I've uh, I've been diving and there there was one time i came up to the surface and you know, like, like scuba diving yeah. and when i came up i at first did not see the boat oh and you're turning around in the water and until i saw the boat again like you yeah. have that moment where you're oh. like i'm alone yeah for real you know Jesus. and it's there there's there's something very primal in your brain that like once you are finally sort of faced with any sort of vastness mm-hmm. there is that very sublime thrill and there is that that moment of feeling small suddenly yeah. which we are not confronted with in our somewhat domesticated everyday lives like some of the places you were talking about Mm-hmm. Um, in Montana, one of those is actually uh, referred to as the Crazy Mountains because it's actually a uh, it's actually a very sacred site to the Crow Indians. Yeah, and the uh, the, the adjective "crazy" is not a direct translation. The way I've heard it explained to me is, uh, it's more like. It is more sublime. It's meant to be crazy as in incredibly powerful. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. That is quite poetic. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well. Yeah. Well, you know, the other, the other great power is this target. Yeah. And the darkness is the flickering fluorescent lights above us. It's true. In in the words of Boston, you know, it's more than a feeling. Yeah, it, uh, rock and roll band. 
<laughs> oh, man. It's really rock and roll band. I was trying to think of something. I, I, no, I don't know. Not. Maybe maybe I'm just too tired and too sapped to come up with more Boston puns. Fair uh, enough. Well, you know, we better. I better get back home so I can put in some of these DVDs I got and start my, my movie night as I cook a nice, you know, nice dinner. Uh, yeah, because you got you, you can get it all at Target. That's true. You Target can. Target should really sponsor the museum. They really should. Yeah, please. Uh, you know, well, they can find us on Twitter, so that'll be kind of nice. Yes, you can find us on Twitter. You can reach out to us at Uncanny Museum on Twitter. And uh, yeah, tag us if uh, you enjoy the show. If you enjoy the museum, you can. If you leave us a review on your uh, podcatcher of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, leave a review, leave a rating, you know, help some other people find the museum and bring them in. If uh, you have any suggestions for topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, you can message us uh, mm-hmm. at Uncanny Museum. If you would like to see any of my artwork or whatever random things i'm doing you can find me on instagram at zan peters and you can find me at on instagram at josemino art and from the uncanny county museum i've been zan peters and i've been josemino toodaloo bye